Blog Talk Radio. Lawrence Knorr, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press. Sunbury Press publishes print, audio, and electronic books under 15 different imprints in a variety of categories sold worldwide wherever books are sold. This episode is about Leanne Post's new book, Thoughts and Prayers, published under our Millhouse, Milford House Press imprint. When Lily, smothered by her parents and ignored by classmates, unwittingly aids her boyfriend in a school shooting, she struggles to hide her complicity from investigators. Forced to face the devastated survivors, she hides in plain sight as their grief turns to vengeance. Leanne Post is the pen name for co-authors Catherine Baldo, Tara Bell, Ginny Fight, and Karen Robbins. Stories by these award-winning authors have appeared in numerous journals, and individually they have published nine novels. They have worked as reporters and editors in politics and philanthropy and in advertising in educational institutions. Having met in a writer's critique group for over five years, they were spurred by their collective grief and then admiration as they watched Parkland students deal with the aftermath of that shooting. Catherine, Tara, Ginny, Karen, all of you, welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show. Thank you, Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. So, Catherine, why don't you start off and tell us about the story? Thanks. Um, so you did a perfect job describing our little pitch in the beginning, and I think the important thing to know that it's, it's not about a school shooting. <laughs> that's what we want to make sure people don't think that that's what it's about. It's really about the aftermath of a school shooting, and Lily unwittingly comes the accomplice in this terrible event and she is uh, trying her best to keep her complicity a secret Um, but at the same time she's forced to face the survivors and the victims and their family and their friends and their loved ones and it's also about all of those people and how how they react to the incident and how they get through it. Yeah. And so, as they're trying to find out who's the person who, who let this boy into the school, um, that they're all, you know, in, in their grief, they're also trying to find that out as well. So not so much about the shooting itself, but about the community's reaction, would you say? Yes, exactly. Okay. The, the shooting is the inciting incident starts the story off but it it, you know it's all in the beginning and then everything else is the aftermath of it so tara i I think what go ahead yeah i mean i think one tara yeah go ahead kathy i think one of the reasons why we did that is you know in the news you hear about the shootings over and over and over but then 
after a week or so or two, you know, it's all forgotten. And I don't think anybody really thinks about the ripples that it has on a community. And that's what we wanted to focus on. Yeah. So Tara, how did you all get together to write this? Well, we started out in a critique group, let's see, many years ago. And uh, for five years, we stayed about four people, which is the four of us. And we read each other every week. We met, met every week. Sometimes we'd skip a week. <laughs> and we um, we decided to uh, write a book together. Actually, Jenny says, you want to write a book together? <laughs> and we said, let's try. So it was like a week before Parkland, we started writing um, this book, this story, had already developed the story, the characters, had listed everything like a map, and uh, then Parkland happened. And uh, we it really motivated us to continue writing about the, um, the effects of a school shooting on people and the community. Wow. Yeah. I, I did not know. Now, Chris Fenwick was your editor, so I did not have direct involvement in, in this particular book, but I did not know that you started writing this before Parkland. So yeah. it would seem that Parkland would have been a, you know, um, you know, an impetus for it. So I did not know that. That That's quite a coincidence. It really was and is and, uh, they motive as as the news kept coming out. This was like three years ago. They just had a, and we would just be motivated. Now our characters developed separately from the people that were involved in Parkland, so we did not use anyone in that in in real life. It's a work yeah. of fiction, and the characters were developed by each of us. We each had two characters that we developed. And then wove them together into <laughs> what is thoughts and prayers. I'm just amazed that four people were able to work together on a single novel like this. Uh, often you see compilations, uh, you know, where each contributes a chapter or two or three, um, you know, like a short story approach or vignette. But no. uh, I'm very, very impressed. Very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I think we became impressed with Leanne Post. We became like one mind. <laughs> yeah, and, is there a uh, portrait of Leanne somewhere? I'd, I'd like to. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should have her painted. <laughs> anyway, would be good. Jenny, Jenny, I'd like to uh, yes. just ask you. I, I know this is a very uh, touchy subject. Uh, the whole school shooting um, situation is just horrible. It's it's. If there's a living horror that any human being would ever want to avoid, it's, you know, imagine being in it, but let alone your children. So, uh, I know a question for you is the messaging that's in the book. Uh, you know, was there some intended message that you had or did it just kind of come about? No, I think when we started out, and I think this is true for all of us in each of the novels we write, we don't have a message in our minds. We're not... Uh, historians or sociologists were writers. And so we imagine a situation 
and the characters in it, and we imagine their thoughts and feelings. And it's only later. I, I think I only got that we might have had a message when we started sending out the manuscript to beta readers, and they started responding as if there were a message there. And then we realized that this this thing we had put together um, resonated with people. But I think it does that not because it's about shooting or guns or any of those things, but because it's about the feelings of these characters. I I don't know how many times I've read the book now, having edited it with Chris. That was at least four. But <laughs> before that, we probably read it 12 times. And each time I cried and I couldn't get over my own sense of disbelief of the <laughs> grief I kept feeling over and over when I read what was happening to these people we invented. Um, So I think that that's the message, I think, that people grieve when these things happen to them. And they look for ways to try to understand what happened and how do they survive or do they want to Karen, you're fading out. So, if uh, I'm here, if you're yeah, okay. I'm sorry, Jenny was fading out. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. We kind of she faded out and we lost her, but that's that's okay. We'll we'll come back around. I just wanted to say that when Chris Fenwick came to me and mentioned she wanted to publish this, we wanted to sign you all. We wanted to sign Leanne. I didn't know that Leanne was four people. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I may have sent a contract to Leanne and then had to send a contract to four people. I, I don't recall now, but, uh, or maybe it was just to Ginny, but, uh, no, Chris, Chris was crying after reading it. She's like, we need to do this. This is a powerful book. It's going to be big. And I said, okay, you know, it's your judgment. Um, it was really, it was one of, we don't get many books that have that kind of an impact on an editor. Uh, very often, and I don't. I don't mean that to slight any of our other authors. Uh, you know, everybody's book that we publish gets a good reaction from us, but this one had a had an emotional reaction from from Chris that I hadn't seen before. So it was really surprising. Wow. All right, so Karen. Wow. Uh, I hope everyone who reads it has that reaction. Yeah. We, we want we want now to stir the world. Karen, I. I'll give you a chance to chime in uh, to talk about uh, how long did this take for you all to put together? I know you started before Parkland. I didn't know that. So um, how long ago was that? What kind of difficulties did you all have collaborating, the four of you? And and if you don't want to air any dirty laundry, that's okay. (laughs) Well, we actually started in, in January of 2018. So it's been a long journey. And Parkland was the following month. But, you know, since we'd been in a group together for so long, we knew each other's writing styles. We knew each other's writing strengths, writing weaknesses. And uh, we met every week, and uh, we do what we always did. We each wrote a piece. We read it to each other. We got the comments, (laughs) and we just kept going. Uh, And that probably took mm, not even a year by the time we, we finished the first draft. But then we had to put it together in a sequence that made sense and make sure all the facts were the same. You know, if I said his eyes were blue and Tara said his eyes were brown, you know, the details <laughs> like that we had to right. we had to connect. Once we got that done, we sent it out to beta readers, got their comments, 
um, and incorporated them and then started querying. And fortunately, uh, Sunbury signed us. Well, we're glad we did. <laughs> Very glad we did. We're glad, too. <laughs> I'd, just like, I'd just like to say, although, you know, the, the book is about uh, the grief uh, that follows an, a horrific event like this, it does end on a very positive, hopeful note. Okay. I wanted to ask each of you, I, I think back uh, one of the first questions, one of you responded about each of you developed two characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in that. I'd like to do a roundtable here real quick of uh, each of you, the, the, the characters that or character or characters you'd like to mention. Who are they? Uh, what are they to the story? Maybe a little bit about them. Uh, how about you first, Catherine? So I started with Lily. Lily's the opening scene, and it's not really fair to say that I got two characters because my second character is the actual shooter who he, he only has a, a couple of scenes later on in the book, um, but Lily was my main focus, and it talk about a challenge um, carrying I was carrying a lot of her guilt around with me for a long time, mm-hmm. imagining, you know, how I would feel if I had let this event happen. Yeah. And the then as far about... as the shooter... Yeah, go ahead. As far go as ahead, the Kevin. shooter goes, um, you know, people say, write what you know. Well, what do I know about shooting people? So uh, we deliberately wanted to give him the least amount of air as possible. We didn't want the focus to be on him at all. We didn't want any type of sympathy to be given to him. So that was also a little bit tricky. Yeah, I would imagine. All right, Tara, how about you, your characters? My characters were Sophia and Caitlin, the sophomores that are dear friends since middle school. And I like writing for teens or for children, middle grade. And so those are the two characters I really wanted to uh, to develop with everyone. Um, I also heard recently, write what you know. And then the person was going, write what you want to know. And I like that so much better what I wanted to know is how these girls would feel and uh, one of them is wounded in the beginning so we have that whole relationship between the two of them through the book and uh, I have to just say I love them I love these two girls and uh, I love all the characters in the end We, we love them and uh, so they feel very much alive to me in my mind. So, yeah, you make a, an interesting point about writing what you want to know. So tell me a little bit about that. It sounds like you had to do some research. Uh, how, how did you do that here? Uh, research for the teenagers or research for what you want to know? Let's see. Um, I wanted to know how these girls 
felt in this school. What is what what I really learned from this is today in this modern society what it must be like for the kids to go to school, the teachers to go to school, having that in their background, the possibility of someone coming in your school and shooting. I mean, the imagination can't even fathom that, yet they do. They go to school, they do their homework, they make fashion clothes or, you know, have their lives, take home their dirty gym suits, like Jenny was saying to one time. But they have to, you know, endure this every day. Today, this is what is in the background of our country, too. Um, I know it's not about a school shooting. It's about the emotions of it, of something mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's what the focus is for us. And anyway, what I want to know is uh, how how these girls dealt with it. And that's that's pretty much you know that's pretty much it, Lawrence. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, you'll have to read the book to to find all that out, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I keep wanting to give things away. Yeah. We got, and we do only have a half hour. All right, Ginny. Uh, yeah. How about yeah. your characters? Uh, I wrote Keisha and Joe, two very different people from me. Um, so yes, you have to invoke that writer's imagination to try to find your empathy for characters who you don't, who you aren't. Um, but I think that Tara, you know, is on to something there. The question for me was, how do you survive a thing like this? What would I do if I were Joe and my daughter was in a school and I learned immediately because I'm a police officer that she is in a school where there is a school shooting? Well, in my mind, I would do what Joe did. I would race to that school and run inside and everything in me would be aimed at getting her out of there safely and doing something to that shooter. And that's sort of what drove Joe through this story. And as for Keisha, she stood behind her teacher, her counselor at school while he was shot, and she caught him as he fell. And she watched that gun point at her and played dead because that was the only way she could think of to survive. And I think that, for me anyway, the, besides the guilt, which I think mostly Kathy had to carry for Lily, I think the question was, how would you survive a thing like this if it happened to you? Yeah, great question. <clears throat> Karen, how about your characters? I had two adult characters, and uh, first was Mike, uh, who was a retired um, Army colonel. Um, He has two older sons, but his daughter is Caitlin, who was shot in the school uh, shooting, and she is really a daddy's girl, and he is just completely devastated by the event and it affects not only him but his whole family his wife and his older sons as well and then my second character is Charmaine who is a young kind of almost newlywed nurse working in the emergency room when the victims are being brought in 
uh, but comes to realize that her husband, uh, who was the guidance counselor at the high school, was killed during the shooting. So both of them are uh, characters uh, dealing with a lot of grief, and we follow their grieving process throughout the book. Yeah, you know, as I hear this and imagine this, and I do need to read this myself, I'm embarrassed to say I'm hosting a show about the book and haven't actually read it yet, although I guess that happens a lot in this business. But I know Chris had, and and the emotion that she showed from being the editor. Uh, you know, and now I hear you talk about the characters. It, it's really weighing on me, uh, imagining how it, it's one thing to write about one character's emotional response as in a powerful way, let alone what you're describing here with, with these eight characters and there are, you know, at least seven of them having a, a pretty strong emotional uh, response related to family and uh, the connections that we have there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious now we do have about nine minutes to go. So I'll do another quick round table on the message you think a reader should take away from the book. Catherine, how about you? I think that because these shootings are so common, unfortunately, that it it almost, and and you see it on the news all the time, it it has almost become fiction. And it's, it's funny that we wrote a fiction novel about it, but it's something that, you know, as a takeaway, I would like people to remember that so many lives are affected, Um, not just the kids who are in the school, but, you know, these whole communities and everybody else, you know, who's not affected, they just just sort of go on with their daily lives. But I think that we need to remember that these aren't just, news events. These are real life things that happen to real people. And, and and it really makes me thinking about that now. Count my blessings every day. Yeah. Tara, anything to add? Yes. Um, I'm thinking of Kathy. She has two teenage or used to have two teenagers in high school. And we, we had those two girls uh, help us um, when we needed help like what it was like to have a drill in a school for a shooting. And that really surprised me, all these uh, kind of things. I think, too, as a community, the four of us, as, as our community, as this country, um, we're, we are all somewhat affected by this, very much so. Even if we haven't known anyone personally, I think writing this book, it's it's a way of us grieving, uh, the four of us grieving for what has happened in in, in our schools. That and I think that's what I came out of it. I it does feel like a process that we went through as as a, a community member. So. Yeah, Ginny, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I'm going to echo uh, Tara here. I, I do think we suffer in this country from a pandemic of violence, and we're mm-hmm. inured to it. We don't mm-hmm. think about it. 
we turn the TV off if we can't stand it anymore, or we watch even more violent movies to kind of even out the psychic imbalance that's caused by the daily violence in our lives. And this book is a way to pierce that numbness uh, and to actually feel the grief that you feel because, yes, every time a school is invaded by violence, the entire community suffers. And I don't think you really recover. I think you just find a way to make do. That's a good point. And and I think, you know, to the earlier comment about how it's almost common now, these school shootings, when they do happen, it's almost like there's this script they pull out and it's almost the same story every time. But in the news, you only see the more the violent end and the horror of the, you know, the, the response to it. And then usually either the search for the gunman or all kinds of information about the perpetrator. And what you don't get on most, almost all the news is what you've written about, which is the emotional side of it. uh, What it's like to be on the other end. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Karen, anything else you'd like to add? Well, I think when we when we started the book, we made a conscious decision not to identify where the shooting took place. We never mentioned a city or state. We just call it Rockwell Township. And that was on purpose because the point was that, you know, these shootings can happen, can and do happen anywhere. Uh, this was a safe suburban community. People were shocked that something like this would happen uh, in their suburb. And we we really wanted to to make that point. And back to your uh, comment about, you know, the scripted things that people say, uh, that's kind of why we titled the book Thoughts and Prayers. Because <laughs> after all these shootings, you hear uh, politicians go on television and say, oh, we're sending you our thoughts and prayers. And then that's the end of it, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a hopeless feeling. Though. I mean, what else can most people do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? God forbid they change their lives or or become uh, active in some way to right. combat this. Hey, you know, we're down to a little bit over three minutes, so I'm going to give each of you 30 seconds, exactly 30 seconds, to tell us what you're writing now <laughs> or what you're working on currently. Catherine, how about you? Okay, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Catherine? Uh, I'm writing... Um, a book about a girl who lived 3,000 years ago in a place that is something like uh, our Midwest here and on this continent and her story. Interesting. All right. Ginny, how about you? I'm working on a speculative fiction, which I began in 2013 and horribly forecast the viral pandemic that we're <laughs> currently enduring. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about you, Karen? Well, I'm writing a woman's fiction uh, called The Widow Vera Brandt uh, about a woman who marries a much older, very rich man. And when he dies, she's shocked to discover there's no money left. All right. Yeah. And come back around to you one more time, Catherine, if you're with us still. I'm here. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just wondering I, I what you're working on now. I'm working on two YA novels, actually. One about uh, friendship 
form of friendship that's broken and trying to piece it back together. And then another one, I, I have the title, Penny and Sugar, Love, Dead Eddie. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit about true crime meets um, Hollywood unsolved mystery. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, listen, we are we are now out of time. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank we you. hope to have have to hope to have you back again. We've been talking to the four authors that are Leanne Post, the authors of Thoughts and Prayers by our Milford House Press imprint. This has been the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Be sure to check out our books at www.sunburypress.com or search for our titles on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers worldwide. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are hundreds more available on the BookSpeak Network. You can find our channel on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you for listening.